and welcome to another episode of the Jonesing for Sports podcast. We got a little bit of a special one for you here today uh, because we're jumping back into football. And also we have somebody that Brandon knew from college that we're going to talk to. Uh, so yeah, let's just go on and get right into it. Welcome to the Jonesing for Sports podcast. I got to give him a tough time. Uh, we got Cody Thomas on the air with us today. He's a former Michigan fan turned Ohio State fan. Uh, so we're not going to let him have an easy time here today, but it should make for some very interesting conversation to say the least. So Cody, thanks for joining us. Uh, really looking forward to picking your brain a little bit and uh, get into some sports talk with you. So thanks for coming on the pod. Yeah, dude, I've been looking forward to this for a little while and just kind of always had it in the back of my mind ever since I've seen Brandon talk about it and seeing you guys post about on social media, just thought it'd be a great way to get a reunion with the Jones family, but get to talk about sports and, you know, and as always, anytime OSU and Michigan can go head to head, especially in a place where it's very, uh, a lot of sportsmanship falls with it. I think that's always a lot of fun. So I know there's going to be a lot of grilling, but that's part of what I've been looking forward to and being on here. So <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, you want to tell us a little bit about your transition and uh, your journey of discovery? Yeah. So, <laughs> so, <it. laughs> so it, it, yeah. First of all, well, I have to kind of put a little spoiler, but Brandon texted, I think it was Gershom, a great point. Or maybe you texted me. I'll get to it in a moment. But Brandon Jones has one of the best all-time lines about my transition. Um, but I actually grew up in Columbus, Ohio. I'm from Columbus, Ohio. So, so Buckeye territory is my home. That's where I grew up. Um, I'm sorry. Like like yeah, like many kids, you're influenced by your parents for sports. Well, my dad did not push his sports fandom on us at all. And for college football, he's a diehard Oklahoma Sooners fan. He grew up in Kansas, and there it was Oklahoma, Nebraska, and he joined Oklahoma. So he didn't push anything on us. His younger brother, who liked to mess with them as much as he could, was living in Grand Rapids, Michigan at the time that my older brother Nick was born and when then when I was born. And so to kind of mess with my dad and mess with my mom, who is from Ohio and is a Buckeyes fan, um, she's, he started giving Nick a bunch of Michigan gear, gifts, pushing the whole Michigan thing. He wanted to turn Nick into a Michigan fan. It worked. And then subsequently, <laughs> I followed my older brother. You know, my older brother was a Michigan fan. There was no Ohio State stuff in my house growing up. So I was like, oh, that's what my older brother likes. I'll do it. And, you know, over the years, it like throughout elementary school, I went to a Christian school, so we had to wear a uniform. But the, the last school day before Michigan, Ohio State was, you know, a spirit day. You wear your gear. And so we came in wearing Michigan stuff and it got me a lot of attention. And I loved attention. I was an ADHD kid growing up. So any good, any attention I got was good attention. There was no bad attention for me when I was growing up. So it turned into kind of that and for my older brother to when I really became aware of sports around like sixth, seventh grade, like I would say I, you know, turned into a, a Michigan fan. Um, you know, I, I did buy into it. Um, I remember where exactly where I was for the one versus two game in 2006. Um, you know, I, I followed them. Um, I do remember, though, when Nick left and went to college, it felt a little weird being a Michigan fan. 
um, without Nick. I hadn't really been a Michigan fan without Nick. It was really strange. And I'm not going to lie. I actually had the thought process of once I go to college, I might get to start over and be an Ohio State fan. The problem was, though, I was going to college with my two best friends, Gershon Tedeschi, who was my roommate my freshman year and was a roommate with me and Brandon our junior year. Um, and then Andrew Harchi, who was on our hall as a growth group leader, they were going to call me out and spread all these horrible things about me. So for me, I was like, okay, I can't do that. And then for the first time, I actually found a community with Michigan fans, with Brandon. Um, there was a lot of other Michigan fans in our dorm across Grace College, and I wasn't in Columbus. So for the first time, I actually found a community of Michigan fans, and it felt great. It was awesome. And one of the things I'll always still say to the end of my days, no matter what, is in my top five favorite players of all time will always lie Denard Robinson. I truly did love Denard Robinson as a quarterback, and I will never etch that out, even with where I stand now. Like, he, Denard Robinson was so much fun to watch. Um, and so that kind of carried over all throughout college. I loved it. Well, then I ended up back in Columbus after school. Um, and I wasn't around that community again. And I wasn't around my older brother again. And all of a sudden, all these things of like, I feel like I should be a Buckeye, even though I didn't want to at the time. I didn't want that. I just kind of always felt like it. I always wondered what it'd like to be a Buckeye fan, to go to the shoe and you know wear the scarlet and gray, because that's where I was. I had been in college in Indiana. I spent every summer in Western New York. So I was never home. And I had I saw all these people that were so proud of their hometown team and you know their state sports and all that. And I'm like, you know, that wasn't really anything for me in any sports. I kind of chose these random outlier teams all over. And I saw all these people that loved rooting for their hometown teams. And I was like, man, I just want to be a part of that. Like I'm from Columbus, Ohio. I was literally born there. My mom works at Ohio State. Like I have all these things. And in 2016, I kind of had all my friends who basically like gave me an intervention. It was literally like they were trying to cast out a demon. Like Cody, you can be an Ohio State fan. And I fought it and I fought it. My older brother Nick was even there. And so eventually I walked out like wearing an Ezekiel Elliott jersey. Like I had just had a demon lifted for me and I had seen the face of God. Um, that's what it felt like for me. Eventually, Brandon <laughs> texted me. I can't remember if you texted Gershom or if I told Gershom this. And Brandon was like, no, nah, it's really more like my friend just came out of the closet. Like, that was really so much more how <laughs> that was how Brandon described it. Um, I always knew. <laughs> when that happened. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it was one of those things. As much as I grew up as a Michigan fan, like, I would – I probably actually remember more about the Ohio State teams in the 2000s in the early 2000s, except like my college years. I was really dialed into Michigan my college years. Um, but I mean, like, I remember all that. I had been to countless games at the Shoe. I had been to countless OSU watch parties. It it kind of was really that, not to play into Brandon's joke, but it really kind of was just that ticking time bomb before I was in the place where I was like, you know, I'm from Columbus. Even though I didn't always grow up in for Ohio State, like, I, I'm just a Buckeye. I'm from Ohio. I'm from Columbus. I'm ingrained in this culture. And, you know, eventually that just eventually that just was kind of the thing that pushed me over there. Um, so it's funny, like outside of and so for me, outside of actually playing the game, like I'll still always have a respect for Michigan because I, I, I don't try to ignore a discount. You know, my fandom, like I said, Robinson will always be 
a favorite. I will remember the pains of having Rich Rodriguez as a head coach. That doesn't leave me. Um, <laughs> And stuff. So that part, that will always be a part of me. And in a sense, I'm kind of almost glad because I've always been a quirky, weird personality type of person. And I feel like that just kind of adds more layers to who I am. So yeah, that that's my story uh, to where I am now. And, you know, been a Buckeye fan ever since then. And, you know, love the Bucks. And then to add on to how, how we met. So we both went to Grace a little bit earlier than the rest of the freshmen. Because uh, we met at the MSA Scholars mm-hmm. Um, which was basically a leadership scholarship for out-of-state students. <laughs> Cody was one of the first people I met. And I remember when I was when we introduced ourselves to each other, I mean, this part might be a little fuzzy. Maybe you can remind me. But I believe, Cody, that you were wearing a Dodgers hat. And that you told me you were from Ohio. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, strike one. And then <laughs> like you're wearing a, a Dodgers hat. I'm like, okay, from Ohio, but cheers for like this <laughs> definitely not a hometown team. Strike two. And then uh, you guys know I'm a little more reserved, in, especially in public, kind of a quiet guy. And I'm talking to this guy who's talking to me at a volume I've, I've never yet been introduced to. And I'm thinking, buddy, you don't got to yell. Like, I'm right here. <laughs> And uh, thinking, well, that's a nice guy, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see who else is, is here. And I, I remember specifically uh, that one of the next people I was introduced to, and I don't know if, uh, Travis, you might remember this guy, Cody. I think this is before your time. But I remember I was introduced to a guy named Miles Barber, who oh, yeah. was basically the definition of a stud and uh, more, more reserved, quiet, uh, soft-spoken guy. But, you know, good Christian leader and just a, a sporty guy. I'm thinking, that guy is going to be – we're going to be buds. And uh, I remember mom called me after that weekend like, hey, did you meet anybody that you think maybe you have a connection with? Because she was worried about me going to college, you know, uh, you know, making friends and whatnot. And so I was like, yeah, I met this guy named Miles, and he seems really cool. I, I want to hang out with him a, a bunch. And then me and Cody end up in the same hall. Miles ends up in Indy, so I, like, never see him. Uh, and me and Cody become best friends. So <laughs> it's just funny how that works out. Uh, and I, I don't think I even hung out with Miles until it was maybe my last year at Grace. Uh, probably would have been a really good friend if we were I mean, maybe sophomore year because once Ben Hyde was our RA the year that yeah. we were roommates sophomore years, that's what kind of brought Scott – in miles and that other indie group kind of like into our friend circles i I imagine it started sophomore year uh but that that's how how it ended up so one of the first people i i met ended up being my roommate and my best friend in college so that's that's kind of crazy and he ends up being from columbus ohio and uh ohio state at at heart fan i remember because that kind of did draw me and we said i'm a michigan fan by living ohio like oh okay that's actually pretty cool then he starts talking about Ohio State. He's like, yeah, I've been to Ohio State games. I go, like, you know, almost every year. And I'm thinking, well, that's weird. Why would you go to hell on purpose? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, well, you know, I got, like, we get tickets from my parents. Like, my mom goes. Or, and I'm like, okay, like, that's something. He's like, yeah, the Horseshoe, it's a fantastic, fantastic stadium. Beautiful games there. I'm like, hmm. <laughs> like, you're giving me a lot of details here. Uh, so I, I knew deep down he, he never could say that he hated Ohio State, which that's uh, that's just natural if you're a Michigan fan is, is a hatred. 
It's good old fashioned hate. (laughs) So, Bran, I believe you have a presentation that you want to give before we get into the uh, the Cody ask me anything. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, actually, I think we want to do the let's let Cody be the star for a little bit here. So let's (laughs) let's let let's ask him because he has volunteered as we've done before. We did ask uh, Spartan Nate a couple questions that. We're a little, maybe a little difficult to answer, so we'd like to take this time to get to know Cody a little bit better and help our listeners get to know perspectives from from an Ohio State fan because there's yeah. probably not many Ohio State fans listening to this. So if Cody's this, uh, agreed. This guy Nate had a nickname. We got then I got to plug the Insta name. You got to we got to go by Tool Time Thomas. So you guys know what it is. <laughs> Tool Time Thomas or uh, Heat Heat. What was it? Heat Freak. No, don't even bring that up. I don't want to hear that crap. Scott Hoffman just said that to me recently, and I was livid. I do not need that again. Why don't you just uh, – you, you said it was Ask Me Anything, so could you rehash that story real quick, Cody? You mean that meme that went viral around Grace College? Yeah, it was uh, – yeah, Scott was grilling me, and when, when someone comes at me, they'll almost convince me in the moment to, like – almost discredit something about myself just because I don't want the other person to be correct. Just because I want them to be wrong. Um, and Scott, Ben, no, Ben Hyde was doing something about, oh, this guy loves the heat, loves that. I'm like, I'm not just a LeBron James follower what that. And uh, they found this goofy photo of me at camp wearing a polo and a tie and these soccer shorts like tucked up almost to my chest line. And um, <laughs> Ben Hyde types in, claims not to love the big three. Gamertag is Heat Freak 361, which is the three numbers for Dwayne Wade, LeBron James, and Chris Bosch while they were in Miami and they played together at the Heat. So, <laughs> so yeah, that was it literally it went like all over campus. Like I had everyone I, I was just in shock. Cause we had like this like weird like doppelganger meme page that like people would share stuff, and that was how I became a highlight on that was when Ben Hyde shared that meme. <laughs> I have a little memory of that one as well, Cody. Uh, like, that just sparked two, a memory. And you're two years older. That's <laughs> yep. what's worse. <laughs> All right. I think I might so, have seen that once or twice when I was in school. I, I, I believe it, man. It probably <laughs> I'm just messing. I never saw that. But oh, uh, that is really, really Although funny. I don't think this will be a spoiler for him. What is going around again and – um, what Gershom's wife is making for his birthday is a whole collage of him falling asleep in public places and having photos of oh, all that. Oh, that's great. I sent, I sent her like four. I had like four of them. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. So uh, I've got, I think, three questions or three-ish questions. Some of them are multi-layered. But do you guys yeah. want to do like one question at a time or can I, do you want me to go through my three? I kind of wanted to start off if you don't mind. Um, Do you want to answer mind. my question first? You no, jack wagon? not really. So first question. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know, dude. Just wherever the spirit leads. All right. Cody, so for my first question. Uh, <laughs> okay, so I just want to know, um, who, who do you think you are? Um, what, 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 what gives you the right? I'm, I'm Toby Flenderson. <laughs> That's all I had to start off. And you can say whatever you want. 
I've got All more right. I'll touch on later. <laughs> so my first question, as an Ohio State fan, why is the sequel trilogy in Star Wars your favorite? <laughs> I, I might leave. <laughs> I knew I that was going to cut to I the heart. I might leave. And, what, dude, I'm, I'm not – like, one of my youth leaders is, like – he was like, he says he's the biggest Star Wars fan of all time. He's like, I've been a Star Wars fan for like six years, and he will fall on the sword that The Last Jedi is the best Star Wars movie. And it is it is the most stressful conversations I ever have in my entire life. This is a youth Dude. leader at your church? It's the pastor's youngest son. Oof. I, I think I might leave the church out or something like that. It's the I don't know I, if I can trust the leadership. Dude, it's the church I grew up attending, and I'm the youth pastor. So, I mean, like, if I leave, I, I can never come back. Like, I'm, if I leave in shame for something like that, like, I'm gone. <laughs> All right. more, more Well, seriously. you abandoned the Michigan fandom over far less. So I know. I'm, I'm burning bridges left and right, man. <laughs> More, more seriously, I'll try to stop, you know, messing around too much. Uh, more serious question. So, in in the epic poem "Paradise Lost," written in 1667 by John Milton, tells the story of the fall of man. As an Ohio State fan, why is the devil your favorite character from that story? <laughs> I mean, I mean, the story doesn't exist without the devil, right? Good versus evil. The, the, epic, the epic thing doesn't exist without the devil. And, you know, sometimes sometimes being the devil is nice because I don't have to beat around the bush. I don't have to say nice things. I can tell you the way it is and get away with anything. Well, for now, not for eternity. Um, but, you know, live in the moment, you know. Just just live it, you know. You know, we don't we don't bleed scarlet for no reason. We we know we know who we are. I'm, yeah. I remember. I remember being in college. Didn't matter which Big Ten team people liked. They hated Ohio State. We we know who we are. <laughs> Just owning it. I love that. All right. I can't say that I'm about to find a newfound friendship with Ohio State, but <laughs> I respect that a little bit because we've come under fire a little bit on this very pod for people hating Michigan, and uh, I'm starting to embrace the villain role. I don't mm. know if these guys mm. uh, are in the same page or not, but. It's fun. Well, our our villain is we're Gaston. We're we're not quite to devil <laughs> level yet. So we haven't accepted that, but we're, very true. We're getting there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Quite real quick in Nathan's uh, Disney villain comparison, did anyone list the the devil from Hades. Fantasia? Oh, that wasn't listed. And that was an option, right? So I'm pretty sure I wiped Fantasia from my mind. <laughs> yeah, same, I think honestly. most of America did. All right, so this one might take some thought. Rate the top three football programs in the Big Ten, the top three basketball programs in the Big Ten, and then the top three combined. Um, football to me is very easy. It's Ohio State one, Michigan two, Wisconsin three. Um, wow. I think I think that's I think that's the easy way to go. Um, now Penn State has achieved a tad higher in a moment than Wisconsin did in 2016. But if you're looking at sustained across the previous seven years, um, you know, normally I would say Wisconsin too, but Michigan climbed the mountain. They won the Big Ten. You know, they actually did that. They went to the college football playoff. So did um, Penn State. Not Penn State playoff, did not go to the playoff. Michigan State went to the playoff. Um, 
but there's a few years during the end of the D'Antoni era that I, era that I think. Well, now that I think about it, I would actually even consider putting Michigan State fourth and Penn State fifth after that. That'd be an interesting conversation right there. Um, but yeah, for that, I would definitely say um, OSU one, Michigan two, Wisconsin three. To me, to me, that's an easy one. Um, although, which is ironic because in a later conversation, I might actually say how I, I actually am afraid of Penn State more than I am Wisconsin. But I would actually list Wisconsin at third. Um, basketball wise, um, oh, that's an interesting one because we don't really have tournament results to go off of because we're typically not good. I mean, because of that, I would say Michigan is number one. Um, I do think that Suck even it, when you, Spartan eight. yeah, even even <laughs> even when you guys even when you guys had a quote unquote down season, you guys found a way to still get one of the farthest in the NCAA tournament. Um, which I think is which I which I think that's a big deal. The NCAA tournament matters. Um, I would say Michigan State is number two for basketball. Um, number three. Oh, number three. I mean, I mean, for me, like really, I mean, really, the state of Michigan is kind of the standard for Big Ten basketball in recent years. Um, I can't decide if I want to say. I cannot decide if I want to say Iowa or Illinois for number three. Um, Iowa's that team that's just always – they're always like, what, third or fourth in the Big Ten every year. They're always there. And Illinois typically has great talent. And, man, do they suck in March. Um, <laughs> I, honestly, I can't decide. Um, I'll say Iowa for more longevity of the last seven to ten years. I'll say Michigan, Michigan State, Iowa. Um and then if we were to go combined, um, I'm trying to decide. I'm, I'm trying to decide how I want to rationalize Ohio State or Michigan being number one in this situation. Um, I think I'm going to say, you know what? <laughs> because of actually winning a title this past year in football, I'll give it to Michigan for combined. I'll give it to Michigan. Because um, they've actually won Big Ten championships in both in recent years. And if I'm not mistaken, they're really the only program to do that recently. Um, I'd probably go Michigan, Ohio State, Michigan State for combined. That's probably what I would do. That's a solid ranking. Yeah, seems fair. Uh, I just got a message while we were talking here from friend of the podcast, Steve Conroy. Of a, uh, it was a, He's a huge Notre Dame fan, I believe. Oh, the worst. And talk, we don't about, talk, talk, talk about a fan base I dislike. That's why I wanted no. to bring it up. Oh, my gosh. You're a fellow Midwesterner. You went to oh. a college in middle of Indiana. There's a ton of Notre Dame fans there. And your first football game of the year next year is against Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Uh, thoughts on that game? Are you worried or looking forward to it? I'm not worried, but I wouldn't be surprised if we blew it. Um, <laughs> I'm not worried. Like, they, they don't have a quarterback. That worries me. They don't have a standout running back. They always have a solid defense. But, I mean, look I mean, you look at when they play teams. Like, even Oklahoma State picked them apart last year. Um, I mean, I mean, the only thing that does worry me is Marcus Freeman. That is actually the only thing that does worry me about Notre Dame is Marcus Freeman. Um, great young coach. Obviously, he's going to be super into it because he was an Ohio State standout and linebacker. And, you know, so he's going to be fueled to prove that he's done that. Um, 
But dude, Notre Dame is the worst fan base in all sports. Like, you know who they are? They're they are English football fans. Like fans who root for the England men's national team. They think they are so amazing, but haven't done anything since the fifties. So I mean, like Notre Dame. Notre Dame is the worst. There is no more self entitled fans. Like. Like, I'll have some people say about Michigan, but yeah, they won a title in 97. They've had Heisman Trophy winners in, you know, in, like, who young people can actually know who they are. Like, oh, Notre Dame is the worst. There is no team that I wish to go 0-12 more than Notre Dame. <laughs> I appreciated that. Um, the message I got from Steve Conroy was Lloyd Carr's grandson, who is a five-star quarterback recruit in the class of 2024, is trending towards Notre Dame now. That's just kind of. I mean, when was the last time they had a five-star QB? You know, I mean, if he if he does something, that's great. You know, but you know, I'm not really worried about Notre Dame in the quarterback situation until I mean, Ian Book is the best thing they've had. I mean, he was an above-average college quarterback. I think He's my favorite Notre average. Dame quarterback was Brady Quinn, just because he had Tebow arms. It was like anchor arms. He out of was that guy. massive. He's from Columbus too. He's from. He went to went oh, wow. to Dublin Scioto High School, which is about 15 minutes from where I live now. He's uh, got uh, a Columbus face. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> Punchable. That's not, I knew you were gonna say that. <laughs> uh, Cody, I've been to Columbus a few times, and every time I've wanted to hate the city, but honestly, it's the best part of. The Ohio State, I guess, experience. Mm-hmm. The city's oh, yeah. pretty cool. It's a beautiful city. Yeah. But the uh, that doesn't make me like Ohio State anymore. Mm. But the city is pretty nice growing up there. Uh, did you like the city? It's funny. I, I have a very big difference in perspective on Columbus since pre-college and post-college. Like, when you, when you grow up anywhere in Ohio, anyone thinks, I have to get out. For some reason, I went to northern Indiana. God knows why. Um, <laughs> But everyone just thinks they have to get out of Ohio. It's so bad. And then you kind of came back. But, like, Columbus is a city that is tailor-made for people in their 20s and 30s. That's what the city is made for. So I've kind of got to experience that in a, in a whole different light. You know, I mean, like, the downtown area is super nice. Going in the arena district around um, Nationwide Arena, there's a lot of great restaurant stores, pubs, breweries, all those things. And then they just built the new Crew Stadium, which is right next to it. The new Crew Stadium is awesome. Um, Save the crew. There's one thing that I've learned Columbus is about, like, outside of Ohio, the other ride or die thing here, like, weird enough, is craft beer. Like, that is (laughs) life and death down huh. here i mean we have there literally is a whole area called the brewery district which just has like if i'm not mistaken like inside of like the columbus city there is technically over i think a hundred individual breweries that are just like all local like that that's a huge thing in columbus um it, it truly is a really cool city it's a very fast growing city um like we i think we're already in the top 15 in population and it's predicted that in 10 years we could be in the top 10 in population like it is growing i cannot like the amount of apartment complexes that are being built everywhere the city downtown the suburbs all of it like it's i i just have a completely different perspective and experience as as you know an adult compared to growing up you know it was great you know i liked growing up in the suburbs i was a suburbs person through and through going town was nice but you know I was the one who just ran out my parents' door, run down the street in the neighborhood to your parents, to your friend's house. Um, but Columbus really is like a unique city. It's like 
it's not a tourist destination, but it's surprising how many things there is to do. Like I'm still constantly learning about things like every month, just about new things that I didn't even know were here in Columbus. It's pretty cool. When we're talking about Columbus, uh, brought me to another question. Is the security at the horseshoe any better than it was back in, uh, better than it was in like 2012? Security there was really bad in 2012. Was it? Um, I mean, I just, I mean, I feel like in recent years, security everywhere has gotten more, but honestly, I think I kind of had that thought in the back of my mind that I was like, it's not that tough to just walk through the gate, <laughs> you know? I've done um, it. <laughs> at the shoe? Yeah. Yep. I, we went down, walked through the gate, hopped over a hip high gate and ran down onto the field. Just like at 10 o'clock at night. Oh, well during the day, like, it's like, it's like open, like. They have it like you can just walk into the stadium. Like they like they they have people around the turf now. They guard the turf, but anywhere like around the north entrance, like during the day, you can actually just like walk in there and walk around a little bit. That makes sense because one of the things I noticed when you walked in, and this should have been a clue that Cody was a closet Ohio State fan, was the thing I noticed was there's this huge like stained glass kind of cool looking. I don't remember everything about it, but it felt like a kind of like a church. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh yeah, this is like a religious experience to some of these people they leave it open so you can see it and it made me hate them even more dude Um, ohio state is a religious experience because you got to think about it like we don't deal with the michigan michigan state rivalry our rivals are out of state like when it comes to ohio like yeah there's professional beef you know bengals browns you know indians reds and you know honestly people probably here hate the steelers number two next to michigan being number one Mm. um but I mean, like, when it ter- in terms of college, there is nothing else. It's just Ohio State, um, and it's in the capital. It's in the very center of the state. Um, so it's so it's got reach down in Cincinnati and Cleveland and Dayton, everywhere. Um, I mean, I mean, it really is a religious experience. Like people plan their whole days. Like you can go around churches during the fall time. They don't really plug things about them. They have like Ohio State slogans, like in their little things where they can write messages out like a church board or whatever by their signs. It's pretty gross. Yeah. Cody, you, uh, you earlier, you mentioned that people from Ohio generally just have a feeling that they have to get out. Um, and something interesting about that, Ohio actually leads the nation in the number of astronauts. So just <laughs> what is it about your state that makes people want to leave not just the state, but the entire world? <laughs> I mean, the number one thing that people talk about is it's flat. Like people think it's like it, like it is pretty flat. Like especially like driving like driving to Grace is the worst drive. Like the farther up to Northwest Ohio you get is rough. It's cornfields all over the place. Um, but I mean like you know it's probably like Mills. it's probably yeah, dude. I'm I legit am scared of those. Um, Me too. I've had nightmares about them. Um, but yeah, I mean it's just you know it's probably like most Midwestern states. People hear about the coast. They hear about New York, they hear about California, LA, Texas, all those things, and you know they think they have to get out. Um, my uh, my older brother and his wife live in Charlotte, North Carolina, and my younger brother lived in Charleston for a while. And they actually said it's funny. They said people in the Carolinas they cannot stand Ohioans at all because like the number one like vacation destination for people from Ohio is Hilton Head Island. In, in South Carolina. Myrtle Beach is number two. The Outer Banks are number three because they're all just within driving distance. They're 10 hours or it's like 11 hours to Hilton Head. So you don't have to fly. 
you can drive there. And people from Ohio love to move to the Carolinas too. So like that's something I've learned. Like whenever like I had a friend message me, they had they had to evacuate for a hurricane. They said they were surrounded by Ohio license plates when they were trying to get out and they were like slow moving on the Terrifying. highway. Terrifying. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, like like there's it's not just Michigan that has beef with us. Like South Carolina does not like us at all. <laughs> My first question to you was going to be if you could tell us a little bit more about how it feels to have been a trader for both the state of Michigan and the state of Ohio, but you already touched on that pretty well. Dude, I'm so, not going to lie. In 2016, when that happened, I legit feared I would have no friends. Well, I was going to ask you, what's the reception been from Ohio State fans since your transition? Are there still some people that give you a little bit of side eye and just like don't really fully accept you? So there was a moment that I could have been shunned completely. Um, and that was the 2016 game. Everyone said, if Ohio State loses, this is my fault. It was going to be my <laughs> fault. When that game was in overtime or we were down 17 to seven, all of that, that it was all put on my shoulders, dude. Like, like I legit had the relief that like, I'm not going to die when Curtis Samuel scored that touchdown in that game. Like, <laughs> like I felt like I'm going to get to live. Like no one's going to come after me. Um, no, dude, there was a moment because like there, like I said, like, so there was my like group of friends right there that were like hyped about it. But there was a lot of people who hadn't been around me for a little bit that like struggled with this. They're like, Cody, I only knew you as like that, that Michigan kid back in high school. Like that's how they knew me. Gershom struggled with it. Gershom struggled with it. Like, you know, my best childhood friend who went to Grace with me and Andrew, with me and Brandon, uh, he struggled with it for a while. Uh, I think it was when, when I worked at Ohio State though in 2017 and I bought tickets and I had an extra and I took him to the Oklahoma game. I think that's when he forgave me, even though we had to watch Baker Mayfield play at the flag in person. Um, All-time favorite Ohio State football game moment when they weren't playing Michigan. I That made me almost cry. I was so happy. Yeah, dude, that that, that game is that game is weird. Like they, they kicked our butts that game, man. Um, yeah, so yeah, that was tough. But yeah, honestly, like, I did remember think like <laughs> I'm not gonna have friends on either side, and I'm just gonna have to go like I'm just gonna sell out, move to Alabama, be an Alabama Crimson Tide fan. I just thought about that for a moment. Yeah, they'll take anybody. Uh, another so, question for you: well, Reschedule the Michigan topic, Ohio. What? While he's on that topic, because he's okay. just talking about 2016, and this is you can keep this short so we can get back to Cody's question. Yeah, that's a great question to bring up. So, keep in mind. Your answer to this question will, for the end of time, and it will affect our perception of your intelligence, your bias, your <laughs> rationality, your morality. Was JT morality was JT short. Uh, JT was, but the football wasn't. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh. oh no! All right, all right. Well, it's over. been a fun pod, everybody. Cut him off. Um, <laughs> I, I, I use fun very loosely. <laughs> I just want some I'm credit. I just pissed, want some actually. credit for for the answer because it kind of baited guys for a moment. I want, I want just a little bit of credit for that. That was a baiting you answer. You dangled the carrot and I I jumped for it. <laughs> I like saw you. I saw your eyes open for a moment. <laughs> I wanted uh, that validation and you swooped it out. <laughs> That's funny. Almost had it. Got to be quicker than that. <laughs> Go ahead, Code. I don't even care. Next topic. <laughs> I'm, I'm done with him. <laughs> uh, all right. I've got a question for Don Quixote. Um, 
with uh, your coming out and your transition you've worked through, how one of the big topics psychology often digs into is nature versus nurture. And in that debate slash a study, how much of that do you think played into your your decisions to be a Michigan fan? And then when you ultimately decided, you know what, deep down I'm an Ohio State fan, do you think there was more nature that was just who you were born as? Or were you nurtured in this along the journey you, you found who you were? I mean, it was it was my nature. I dove back into my nature, but then kind of following up what Cody said, I kind of had to nurture myself because no one accepted me for about like eight months when I was writing that transition. So I, you know, I, I do ultimately think it was it was nature. Um, you know, I was like I said, born in Columbus, born a Buckeye. But then I kind of had to be the one to like I would try I would try to text in a group chat like oh we did this and no they would just be like no one cares you're not a Buckeye like <laughs> I, would, I would get that stuff for a little bit and I only ha- I only have actually one friend at this point that actually still brings up um, that um you know that I was a UM person at one point I only have one person that really does honestly with most with most people it was really kind of a lot was pushed away when Ohio State beat Michigan in 2016. Um, and then, you know, 2017 happened. Really, when the 2018 season came around, it was almost as if it was just, like, normal. At least for my friends here, it was almost like that part really wasn't there. Um, especially because, you know, I was away from college for a little bit. You know, I think that definitely had a factor. But really kind of when 2018 came around, it was kind of like it, like we had kind of just, like, moved past it, I guess, is the way to say it. All right, so reschedule the Michigan-Ohio State game from this past year to be played within the safe, domed confines of Lucas Oil Stadium. Do you see Ohio State winning that game? I think we get the same result. You think so? I think so. Um, it, the weather the weather did not affect anything. I mean, C.J. Stroud threw for 394 yards. He, you know, um, I mean, I mean, look look at the catches Ohio State had to make. Like the like, I'm thinking that third and seventeen to JSN that he had to pull a miracle catch that was kind of um, resembling of the Anthony Gonzalez catch back in 2005. Um, you know, you look you look at the the giant downfield pass that you know the only moment in the fourth quarter I believe when Chris Olave held in that like 40 yard catch like the only thing he did that game. Um, I I do not think the I do not believe the weather played a factor in that. I think Ohio State played the game exactly the way they wanted to play it any other way and um they got bullied they got bullied in that game line line of scrimmage won that game and michigan won it on both sides of the ball um i think ohio state's talent showed out in the fact that i mean i had not seen michigan's covers cover ohio state receivers especially with the talented ones we had like that in a while like um who's number who was number four um <laughs> Vincent Gray. Vincent Gray. Yeah, I knew his name. I just couldn't remember in the moment. Um, I mean, he was he was all over Garrett Wilson. I mean, look at Garrett Wilson's touchdown that he had. He had to make like a, a near miracle catch just to get the touchdown. You know, um, you know the 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 one thing too that I think this is the big stat. Like, look back at any of the um, the games since Harbaugh's been there. All the games that Ohio State won, they dominated the run game. They dominated the run game. And look what happened. They held Henderson. They held Henderson very well. Um, Mine Williams never had a chance. And Son Haskins was an unstoppable force during that game. 
Um, and the offensive line bullied our defensive line too. I mean, I, I, I cannot see the way that game played out, like just looking at it from a completely logical and rational view, I cannot see that game being played anywhere else affecting it. The only way it could have is if it was in the shoe and the crowd affected Michigan. That's the only way that game could have been different. Now, if they reschedule that game, let's say it's a week later, no more flu. I didn't buy into that. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't about. I was honestly, I was really disappointed. That that to me, that made us look like chumps. Like you're like you're like it was the first win in ten years, and they they won it outright. Like like get fired up about next year. Don't don't give me excuses. Give me get fired up about this is the first time in a while that. You know, the website, how long has it been since Michigan beat Ohio State, says how long until Ohio State beats Michigan. Like, that should be fueling those players, not to make excuses about what happened last year. I respect that. Yeah, respect for that, for sure. I mean, you're always going to find teams or fans of a team trying to make excuses online. Um, <laughs> but forget Ohio State fans. Like, I've seen that all over from Michigan State fans, too. Plenty of people trying to dismiss that game. And uh, I guess that brings up to mind another question, because a lot of those same people would argue that Ohio State actually would have had a chance to beat Georgia in the playoffs. Do you think that they might have been able to match up with that team? So I think the point difference would have been the same. It just would have been higher scoring. So put Ohio State at about 28 or 31, and then put Georgia at like 59. (laughs) (laughs) I respect that too. I, I I think that's the only difference. Um, so and, okay, obviously no. Ohio State has dominated for the better part of a decade in the Big Ten. So with with Michigan actually breaking through last year and, and winning the Big Ten, is there any part of you that is nervous that maybe your stranglehold atop the conference is loosening? Or do you think that that was just a one-off and that you're, everything's going to be back on track next year? Michigan will go back into irrelevance. Uh, no, I, I definitely believe that there's a chance that Michigan could develop into a team that could win in Columbus this year. Um, you know, like I, I definitely want to see them prove it without their stars. Haskins is gone. Hutchinson is gone. Um, Dax Hill Ajabo, is gone. Dude. Ajabo is gone. You know, they're all gone. So I'm curious. Like, I'm curious to see how now that Michigan climbed the summit, can they do the one thing that Ohio State has always done? Reload. Like, is Michigan a team that they have to have that special team? Or can they reload? Now, they've Harbaugh's recruited well. He is Recruiting is not the problem. Recruiting has never been the problem since Harbaugh's been there. And so the question now is, is the young recruits, the freshmen and redshirt freshmen, mixed with the guys that they needed to develop, can they reload? I think that's ultimately Michigan's challenge. Um, I'm not worried about a third team being up there. That's like There's always a third team, but I don't think it's the third team, the same team every single year. Um, but yeah, I do. I do think we are heading into. I think the 2020s. Um, I think is going to be a very big battle between Ohio State and Michigan. Um, I, I think what we saw this year. I you know there like there could maybe be a chance where maybe Ohio State gets a three game. Like maybe they win in Columbus. They found a way to win in Ann Arbor again. Then won in Columbus. Then Michigan wins in Ann Arbor again. I could see that happening. Um, but I, I do not see another 10-year run happening like that just did. I do honestly think that is behind us, and at least for the building, time being. And kind of building on that question, what's your current confidence level in Ryan Day and his ability to potentially lead this team to a national title after his first three years? 
I believe that he can do it. Um, you know, I, I definitely think he has the capability to. I mean, he has shown that he can recruit well. Um, he's showing that he's about to put skill guys into the NFL, like, you know, positions that, honestly, Urban Meyer wasn't, like, putting skill guys in. He was putting linemen on both sides of the ball and putting people in the secondary. That's what Urban Meyer was putting into the NFL. Look at all those draft classes that he had. Um, but now, you know, we got Garrett Wilson is for sure first rounder. I do think Chris Olave will go first round, but there's a ton of receivers. Teams could fall in love with someone else, and Chris Olave could end up being a second round pick. Olave's um, gone top 20. You think so? Dude ran a 4 3. <laughs> he is fast. Smooth. He's, he is he's fast. Um, yeah, I, I, I believe in Ryan Day's potential because. What's what's the biggest thing? You know, the two biggest things nowadays is, is your quarterback and your offense. Those matter so much. Now, Michigan proved that you can be a top four team in the country not having an all-American quarterback relying on your defense and run game like ground and pound. And then Georgia obviously proved that you can win a national championship, you know, with an above average quarterback and do that. You know, they proved that that's possible. But I mean, look at look at all the playoff winners the years before that you know that really wasn't the case it's almost more of an anomaly um and so with ryan day you know recruiting quarterbacks like we have and you know cj stroud was just you know a redshirt freshman and had i think the second best season in ohio state history behind haskins in 2018 um you know he's you gotta find a defense you know i don't you know we're not gonna have i don't think a defense that shuts everyone out but if you look at today's college football and this is, I think, kind of what ties into how Michigan was able to beat Ohio State was Michigan's defense was great in the situations that mattered. They did the most important thing that they had in the keys to the game, hold Ohio State to field goals. Those two first half field goals, I think, were a very big deal in that game and holding them to it because then, you know, it, it put Ohio State in a position where they didn't get to play the full game plan the way they wanted to and Michigan dominated. And so I think if Ohio State can get back to a defense that is solid, has NFL talent, and then in those situations where they have to get stops and they can make punts, or, you know, a prolific teams are going down and they can force field goals, you know, if Ohio State can get back to having a defense like that, then yeah, I, I definitely believe Ohio State can win a national champion. And, you know, I, I do honestly believe we're returning the best offense in the country next year. I really do believe it. They have, they still have to prove it. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say it's, there's no way another team can't take it that spot. But if you just, if you just go by analytics and predictions, you know, I do think Ohio state is bringing back the best offense in the country. Do you think that Jim Knowles can fix the defense in one year? I am a little bit skeptical, but I'm more optimistic than what we had in Kerry Coops. Um, you know, his fix at Oklahoma State took four years, but at the same time, they're dealing with mostly three stars when now he's got four and five stars across the board. And he did bring that safety Tanner McAllister with him, um, in which, honestly, having a safety, like, that was the most important thing. You look at any of the years Ohio State had a great defense, there was really a safety that anchored it. Look at that 2019 defense that was pretty good. You know, we had, you know, Jeff Okuda, um, Sean, Sean Wade, Chase Young, all those guys. But we were able to run one safety because Jordan Fuller. Jordan Fuller was such an underrated player on that defense. And he's a big-time player for the Rams that just won the Super Bowl this year. Um, and so I'm really hoping if Tanner McAllister can be a reliable safety, um, you know, that can hopefully allow our cornerbacks just to, you know, to get to be the athletes that they are, hopefully our edge rushers that we have coming in. Um, 
you know, can be guys. Because, you know, one of the big things for Ohio State, too, is edge rushers. You know, we're real excited about Jack Sawyer and JTT, but um, I don't know how much you guys know about Ohio State, at least in the offseason, but one of the big things is when you come into the program is getting your black stripe removed, you know, where they have the, the red stripe, the scarlet stripe down the middle of the helmet. When you come in as a transfer or either a freshman, you get a black stripe. When you get that black stripe removed, that says you're ready to play. Well, the first guy to get it taken off this year was a true freshman, Caden Curry, who is an early enrollee, who's another five-star defensive end. And so we're really hoping that Caden Curry could be something big. Hopefully he's another one of these Bosa boys that we used to have. That's what we're hoping for. And you know what they say about uh, the black stripe. Every time a black stripe gets removed, a devil gets its horns. Mm. <laughs> I don't have any more questions. Do you guys have anything else for Cody? I think that wraps it up for me. Yeah, I'm good with the AMA portion. Cody, <laughs> thank you. We took our, our sweet time. It was fun. It was fun. You guys want me to get into my JJ spiel? Yes. Sure do. So, I'm, I'm passionate about this, but let me lay some groundwork. Trav, I think you said on the last pod or maybe the pod before that, something to the effect of anyone who is – who watches football, who knows football, should basically have the assumption that J.J. needs to start because of the ceiling, because of a lot of factors, but basically that Cade is going to hold the team back. If you're paying attention, you should be on Team J.J., something like that. And I think we're all of the same opinion that we're, we want to see the team get to that next level, so we want J.J. We saw Georgia absolutely crush us and JJ was the only player out there who actually looked like he belonged against Georgia um, however a lot of the fan base is actually of the opposite opinion and I if know you to the beat writers all the reporters who cover the team they act like it's a foregone conclusion that this is Cade's team and JJ is going to maybe possibly battle towards the middle of the season or end of the season rather than actually fight to take snap number one. Um, as you guys know, I'm a subscriber to The Athletic. There was a article that went out from the Michigan beat writer, a survey for Michigan fans asking about how do you feel about Harbaugh? How do you feel about the direction of the program? How do you feel about you know predictions for the team? One of the questions was, who should start for Michigan game one, JJ or Cade? And out of all the responses, 62% said... Cade McNamara, 38%. Idiots! JJ. And, uh, that Th those are people who are subscribing, paying money to listen yes. to stuff about Michigan. The people who are taking the most information in, the majority of them are Team Cade. And so just to tell you guys, like we are the minority here that we believe that JJ should lead this team. The majority of beat writers, fans, obviously Harbaugh, our, our team Cade. And so I just want to give a, a, a presentation as to why I just have to get this off my chest because it's been bothering me. This is why JJ needs to be QB1 for Michigan. I had four points that I, I thought of, and then because I wanted to make it a nice number, I made one extra one that's not as serious, but I, I thought it still was a good point. So I'll start with the less serious one. Number one, number one reason that JJ should be QB1 is he is more fun. Now I know that fans shouldn't care as much about what is more aesthetically pleasing to watch, but when JJ has the ball, you are on the edge of your seat. 
you know that something electric is going to happen. Kind of like Cody mentioned with Denard Robinson, you don't know if he has the ball, if it's going to be uh, all of a sudden a Hail Mary, it could be an interception, it could be a fumble, or he's going to take off and run for 60 yards. Nobody knows what this kid's going to do, which is why I think Harbaugh is afraid of him. But, man, is it exciting. And you know what? There are some actual stats that back this up as to why J.J. is the more fun and successful option for Michigan. Now, obviously, he had a lot less snaps than Cade. But J.J. did have a higher quarterback rating. A lot of fans have the assumption that J.J. is only a better runner than Cade. Cade can can somewhat move well in the pocket. He's got good po- good pocket awareness. I'll give Cade that. He has good, pretty good vision. But J.J. actually has a higher quarterback rating. He throws the ball better than Cade. He runs the ball better than Cade. Yes, Travis. Do these fans think they're watching Dylan McCaffrey? Like, do, do they just miss? Do they go into a coma and, like, wake up and not watch any of J.J.? I, I'll let you continue, but, man, I'm just frustrated listening to all this, Bran. You got me in a bad mood. I had to listen to Cody Thomas talk about Ohio State for 45 minutes, and now we're talking about idiot Michigan fans. I have to get this out there because we're going to watch Cade start, and he's going to do fine because the the schedule is embarrassingly soft. And that's actually uh, one of my points is the schedule. But I want to go back to the J.J. is fun option. So I added up every pass and rush attempt for J.J. and for Cade. So Cade had 364 plays of either a pass or a rush obviously he had more snaps but if he just handed it off i didn't count that because you know i don't think there's a lot of influence there um on 364 offensive plays where he ran or passed he had 16 touchdowns that's a touchdown percentage of 4.39 that's not terrible but 16 touchdowns on the entire year is very low uh, we look at our rivals with uh, C.J. Stroud. Cody, do you know how many touchdowns he accounted for last year? I think it was 44. <laughs> 44. Um, and then Peyton Thorne <laughs> set Michigan State's passing record for yards and touchdowns last year. And then our quarterback on a Big Ten championship winning team can only manage 16 total touchdowns. One of those was a QB sneak from like one yard out. Uh, so 15 passing touchdowns. J.J. has... 86 plays so there's 86 rushes or or throws and he's he contributed seven touchdowns on 86 plays for a td percentage of 8.13 so almost double Cade's percentage now obviously there's a huge discrepancy in plays there 86 versus 364 but i would say if you're scoring touchdowns roughly twice as often as the other guy maybe you should give him more snaps and you know what? It's fun. Cody Thomas can attest. It's fun when your offense is dynamic and scores a lot of points. I'm sure that defense is still very important and running the dang ball is very important. But you know what? If J.J. is in the game, he's going to run the ball better. Guess what? You don't want your defense to key in on Blake Corum? Well, guess what? They can't key in on him if the quarterback could keep it on a run-pass option or he could pass it on a run-pass option. If Cade's doing a run-pass option, he's not keeping it because he can't run so jj is is more fun and keep in mind that was that was my just extra one i threw on top to make five even points uh but he's more fun now a lot of people are going to say fun doesn't matter wins matter and cade led michigan to 12 and 2 and won a big 10 championship and to that i say you know what 
bad quarterbacks can win championships. Trent Dilfer won a Super Bowl. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) This is ridiculous. Like, Cade didn't win any of those games. He's he's only accounted for 16 total touchdowns. That's like three games for an Ohio State quarterback. But, but Bran, he didn't lose the games either. Yeah. <sighs> it's because he had a fantastic team surrounding him. Just like Georgia was able to win the national title with a walk-on quarterback, Stetson Bennett, who, by the way, outplayed Cade McNamara by a mile. They won that because Stetson Bennett is surrounded by the best defense possibly in college football history and five stars across the board on the offensive line, defensive line, wide receivers, tight ends. Travis's favorite player, Brock Bowers. Um, <laughs> no, that's our dad's favorite player, not mine. Uh, the point being, I and I, I should have prefaced this. I like Cade. I really do. And if, if we didn't have a dynamic five-star quarterback waiting his turn behind him, I would be 100% Team Cade wearing my – my Cade t-shirt waving my Cade flag. But guess what? JJ has such a high ceiling. And that leads me to point number two. The team's goal should be to win a national title. If Michigan is sitting here saying that we are content to only try to win the Big Ten and we don't want to try to win national titles, that hurts my heart. And it, it makes me want to re-examine my my fanhood because a team's goal if you can win your conference it should be to win the national title that was very clearly made to us that we're not going to win national title with Cade McNamara as our quarterback in fact stats back this up if you have not signed a top five recruiting class in the past four years you will not win a title unless there are two exceptions Auburn with Cam Newton and Clemson with Deshaun Watson. Wow. What does Auburn and, and Clemson have in common there? Elite quarterback play. Cam Newton won the Heisman. Deshaun Watson has an argument that he should have. I mean, he's going against Lamar uh, Jackson, so that's a tough sell. But Deshaun Watson is, in my opinion, one of the best college football players there was. So without the, the Heisman or not, he is he's elite as elite gets. Um, Cade's not that guy. We know that. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I know J.J. is that guy, but he's got the ceiling. And if your ceiling could be a national title, you have to go for it. Otherwise, what are we doing? So uh, number number three, the schedule, I mentioned it. It's Charmin Soft. If you're going to introduce a quarterback, let him iron out the details and get some confidence buildup through the worst non-conference schedule ever created. And even the Big Ten schedule is not, not a horrible road. But you don't want to throw J.J. in in the middle of the schedule once you actually do have to play, you know, a Penn State or a Michigan State. Or maybe you're playing Ohio State and you get behind. Cade McNamara can't lead a comeback. J.J. can. Is that the best time you want to throw in your, your young quarterback? Is it the very last game of the season? Get him the confidence, build him up, and uh, the schedule sets up perfectly for that. Uh, number four, the weapons. This is the most offensively talented Michigan team Jim Harbaugh has had. Wide receivers, they're not necessarily Ohio State quality top-tier talent, but across the board, every single one of their first probably five receivers could be a number one receiver. Um, they've got guys who can 
Uh, Roman Wilson can run a 4-3-40. Andrew Anthony looks like he should be the number one quarter uh, running back. Ronnie Bell's returning. We we all love um, what's his face that they're comparing to the uh, Debo Samuel. That's a ridiculous comparison, by the way. But um, AJ Henning. AJ Henning. Yeah, this the weapons. Not to mention Donovan Edwards. Not to mention uh, Blake Corum. Every single one of those weapons becomes more usable and more more dangerous if JJ's the quarterback because you have to be able to throw the deep ball for those wide receivers and complete it. We saw Cade miss a wide open deep ball in the spring game that he played horrible in. And of course the running backs are going to be even more able to break off long touchdowns if the defense has to key in on the quarterback as well. Um, And you're just wasting those weapons because they're going to be gone next year. Uh, That offensive line is going, in my opinion, is going to be better than last year. And that's the offensive line that won the Joe Moore award. But they, they're going to graduate or lose to the draft four of their five starters. And if our right tackle has an amazing year, who knows? We could be gone all five offensive linemen. But left tackle will go to the NFL. Left guard will NFL. Right guard, NFL. Uh, center, probably NFL. Uh, but he's definitely done after this year uh, because he's a graduate transfer. And then right tackle is a new starter, so we're not sure. Maybe he stays around another year. But I'd much rather let my five-star operate behind a killer offensive line with killer weapons at wide receiver, with killer weapons at running back, rather than starting completely new next year with a brand-new offensive line. Uh, Maybe one of the running backs is gone. Many of the receivers are gone. The offense could look a lot different next year. Give J.J. the keys to the Corvette, not the beat-up you know, Honda Odyssey. Lastly, the future. If you're a five-star quarterback and you have watched Michigan at all, and Jim Harbaugh says, I don't care that I've got this Ferrari in my garage. I'm going to trot out the reliable sedan in Cade McNamara. Why would you go there? Specifically at um, Martin Luther King in Detroit, there's a five-star quarterback named Dante Moore. If there wasn't a quarterback named Arch Manning, he would be the number one quarterback prospect in the nation. Not often do you have a five-star quarterback coming from your own backyard 30 minutes from your stadium. And I've actually heard that most recruiting people say that he would be the number one if Arch Manning's name was like Blake Tumnus or something. Like, this guy is a five-star. I'm not taking away from Arch, but the fact that his last name is Manning has catapulted his his reputation in, in a way that Dante Moore is actually being overshadowed, and he very well might be a lot better, and he could be the number one overall quarterback in Detroit that they are not trending <clears throat> trending for right now. In fact, Travis mentioned C.J. Carr. A lot of people are also pegging Dante Moore for Notre Dame. And if you're Dante Moore, Cody Thomas mentioned this earlier, Notre Dame doesn't have a great quarterback play right now, and Dante Moore will come out before C.J. Carr. So if he wants, he's got the keys to Notre Dame's offense. If he comes to Michigan and J.J. has not played yet, he's realizing, okay, I probably have two years I've got to battle J.J. Rather than if J.J. plays, he's thinking I probably only have one year where J.J. plays and then it's my team. So the future is huge there. If you don't get Dante Moore a year after you just won the Big Ten and made a uh, college football playoff, 
close up the program. What are we doing? If you can't get a five-star quarterback in your own backyard that are never there, then we don't have that ceiling of a national title, which is what we all want. So that's my, my presentation of why J.J. needs to be the guy. And I've already made a bet with Cody Thomas that Cade would take snap number one. Cody says that J.J. is going to get the first snap of the season. And uh, when, unfortunately, I'm proved right, he's going to have to buy me a burrito. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's such a win-win because I don't mind buying a burrito for Cody if it means that my guy, J.J., gets the start. <laughs> so I don't know if you guys have any comments, but I'm, I'm worked up about it. And I just had to put my thoughts out there because – when Michigan starts Cade and I get upset, even though they're probably six and zero, seven and zero, eight and zero, it's not as good as it could be, and we're hamstringing the success of the program because we're not playing the guy who could be, he could be him. He could bring the next Heisman to Ann Arbor. That's a pretty steep bet there, Brand. A whole burrito. You uh, you sweating over that a little bit at all? <laughs> That's almost up there with Justin Parks getting a temporary tattoo if Davidson beats Michigan State and makes it to the Final Four. Uh, Cody, I, I do want to put a ask. We were wrong. That bet was for a real tattoo. Oh, was it? Yeah. yeah it's a little bit more stakes. That's, okay, that, that's valid then, 100%. Cody was the one who offered me the, the terms, and I, I said sure because it was a win-win situation. Why would I say no to a free burrito? And why would I say no to paying for a burrito if it meant that the the true great quarterback could actually get the start? It's all about the win-win. And, I mean, me and Brandon are big fans of fake Mexican food, too. Um, I can't tell, you how many, can't tell you how many times we went to Taco <laughs> Bell when we were roommates in college. I'm pretty sure there was one time. It was like 1.30 in the morning, and we just both sat up out of our beds. And we didn't even <laughs> say anything. We just looked at each other. We knew we walked out to Brandon's car, and we just went to Taco Bell. Yep. <laughs> It's, it's funny because actually just this weekend we were uh, back towards the parents' house and I drove drove through town, saw Taco Bell, and I, I just ha- – I got awash with nostalgia. Because I haven't had Taco Bell in years. Dude, I haven't I'm, either. <laughs> I'm just thinking really? about myself, like almost getting like emotional. Like to, uh, I just remember those times we used to get Taco Bell like Dude. late at night. Those were the days. and I- I'll never eat Taco Bell. No, I never. Yeah, life, it just I never on. do. I guess my next question was going to be kind of pointless then, because I was going to ask if you think Taco Bell has fallen off lately. Maybe Trav would be one that's better able to answer that. Yeah, I say that every now and then, and I never have anybody agree with me. Mm. But I agree. Yeah. Here's, here's the truth, <laughs> Cody. I've I'm the one who's fallen off. Mm. 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 <laughs> that's heavy. Well, do you guys have any thoughts for me? Am I crazy? I've I've got some thoughts and like I said a unique perspective, but I'll allow the other two to go first if you guys have your. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. <laughs> I, think I don't we have all anything are. to say because I mean, we've we've discussed this plenty. We're all on the same page here. Yeah. Travis and I definitely don't disagree. Yeah. No, I I agree with you that you know I you know JJ's that. Although I will I will say this from the other side, looking at that game right now. In Columbus, the fact that the game is in Columbus, I'm talking right now, I would actually be more nervous if Cade was the starter compared to JJ. Um, and I think one of the big things that I think is should not be the determining factor, but I think it does matter, is you have to look at the history 
of the leadership from the quarterback position since Harbaugh has been there. I mean, I really honestly think the best leader of the spot until Cade was there was Jake Rudock. He was probably the Agreed. best leader at that position. Um, and sometimes you can have the five-star talent and all that in the world, but I'm going to kind of put my finger in a wound for a little bit and mention Shea Patterson and that, you know, you can trot out this guy who's got the stars and had stats at Ole Miss and all of this. And I mean, he was part of two of the worst results that ever happened for Michigan in the game. And, you know, 2020 did like 2020 was a rough year. That was probably reminiscent of Rich Rod going through that year. And honestly, I, w- I still can't believe the way Michigan bounced back. It truly is a great story. I'm, I'm a high school soccer coach here in Columbus. And it's funny the way my team, like I was in my second year as that coach and the way we we're bouncing back, I was like, honestly, I kind of relate to the Michigan football team a lot because these teams were doubting us and we were going out and achieving things they didn't expect. We beat a huge rival and we won a district title, kind of like one of the big 10. Um, and honestly, I do believe part of why the team, I mean, don't get me wrong. Aiden Hutchinson is the number one reason of the leadership of that team. Unbelievable player, historic player. Um, but I do think leadership from the quarterback position matters. And I do think the players trusted Kane. They're, I think they're aware it's not the town of JJ. I think the players know that. But I mean, I actually, I can't remember what team it was, but for some reason I was watching a Michigan game in 2020 during the COVID year. And all of a sudden I saw that number 12 come in. I said, what's, how do you pronounce his last name? But then all of a sudden he just went like up the field. They scored quick and he was excited. His players were excited. I was like, man, the players like this guy. They like this guy. And now that doesn't mean that JJ couldn't be the same thing. JJ very much could be the same leader, could have his teammates backs the exact same way Cade McNamara does. JJ has all that opportunity and you combine that with everything you said, Brandon. That is all accurate. But I'm just telling you as being at the other side, as of right now, because of seeing the way that K did influence the team's hustle, their work ethic, the way that they wanted that game, there is a reason that Cade McNamara was the first QB to beat Ohio State in 10 years. Like, there is still a reason for that. And yes, it wasn't the flashy five-touchdown game with 250, 300 passing yards, although Haskins did rush for five touchdowns. Uh, you know, it wasn't all that. And trust me, I get that. At Ohio State... If we had a quarterback like Cade McNamara, we'd start digging graves for Ryan Day, like right away. We honestly would. Um, but like I said, at the same time, like that was the thing that was different. Because like in 2018, even we you know in that, I remember just like seeing, oh, that team quit. 2019, that team quit. You know, 2016, they had some fight in it. Wilton Spate was a good leader. Not gonna say he was the best, but Wilton Spate was a good leader. He he, he was fiery. Guys rallied around him. Um, I won't, I won't say anything, John O'Corn. You know, John O'Corn is John O'Corn. Um, but, you know, I do think that matters. But that, does that mean that that matters long term? Probably not. Maybe Cade was just the guy you needed to believe. Maybe Cade was the guy you needed to believe so a guy like J.J. can step in. Um, but, you know, for me, J.J. McCarthy still has to prove himself. I look at that Michigan State game, and he fumbled the ball away twice you know they did recover one time but um jj made some (laughs) jj made a big jj made a big fumble in that game and now he was a freshman he was a freshman i'll give him that um but like i said for me as an ohio state fan to to truly be like worried about this talent that i hear about i i am personally still waiting to see this I'm, i'm not saying i don't believe it's there 
I'm not saying I don't believe the potential, but like actually seeing it, like I still need to see it, you know? Well, that's why we should probably let him play. Um, I'm going to answer some of those things chronologically. Are you going to blame Shea Patterson for the fact that Don Brown doesn't know how to defend a crossing route? I mean, Shea Patterson was not perfect in those games either. I'm not saying it's perfect, but the defense, which was good most of the year, had zero preparation for Ohio State. They allowed him to score, what was it, 60 points? 62 62. points. You're not going to win games allowing another team to score 62 points. No. Um, And same thing the the other year. Shea Patterson, you kind of bring up a second point. I'm going to get back to that because J.J. did fumble against Michigan State. His only legitimate fumble was one that he fumbled running out of bounds and the ball went out of bounds. The second fumble, most fans attribute that to him. Harbaugh did confirm that that was a run that he placed in the breadbasket of Blake Corum, and Blake Corum thought it was a different play, and so he did not grab the ball. Everyone is blaming J.J. for that, when in reality it was Blake Corum's fault, and Harbaugh threw Corum under the bus and said, yeah, it was Corum's fault, not J.J.'s fault. Okay. Um, so that, that one always gets me hot when fans get upset about that one. And that was a crucial one. I actually do think Cade should have been in the game for that stretch. Um, I thought that was poor coaching at the, in that moment. But I mean, it should show you that Harbaugh does trust him. Harbaugh did trust him. So hopefully yeah, that gives you some um, glimmer of hope. He was looking for the, the big play there to kind of drop the hammer. And he was um, hoping to be on the ground. He didn't want to pass it. He wanted it to be on the ground. True. Uh, so you, you brought up pretty much – you almost went through every Michigan quarterback that they've had under Harbaugh, I think maybe with the exception of Dylan McCaffrey. Um, and that well, he, just made he never me, played in the OSU game, so that's kind of why right. no, that's, he's kind of I'm irrelevant just, to me. My, my point being, a lot of Michigan fans who um, – their, their main argument is Cade McNamara was the quarterback last year, and when he's the quarterback this year, I trust the coaches to make the best decision. And when you run through that list of quarterbacks under Harbaugh and we realize that the best quarterback was a guy in Harbaugh's first year that transferred from Iowa, maybe we should stop giving the, the coaches so much credit when they're trotting out a Joe Milton. They're trotting out <laughs> uh, – you were you kinder than I would be to Wilton Spate. Um, Dylan McCaffrey, you know, Shea Patterson, like – Harbaugh has not earned the benefit of the doubt on his quarterback whispering, quarterback coaching, quarterback selections. He, he yeah. started Joe Milton over Cade McNamara. Yeah. And uh, in this case, I just don't trust Jim Harbaugh to I think, pick uh, the correct quarterback. I think in 2020, he got googly eyes over the big arm. Um, I mean, and probably the same thing with him as a recruit. And then after the disaster that was 2020, and he had a new, you know, new coordinators and all that. Well, not new offensive coordinator. Gaddis had been there, but I think he just, I think he just, I think he went opposite. He went the safe route. Good leader, not going to make many mistakes because he's not asked to be in a lot of situations where mistakes are going to be. You know, um, so I think I think that's a lot of it. Opposite. And then sometimes when you get these great leaders, you can get co- co- coaches that love them. The biggest example of that is Ohio State in 2017. JT Barrett was the third best quarterback on that roster. (laughs) Dwayne Haskins was number two, who came in and won the game. And then there's Joe Burrow sitting back there. All right, so that's the best example. Because you trust me, you you listen to Urban Meyer talk. JT was like a son to me. He never talks about JT's talent. He talks about how JT was like a son to him. And that's why he played. 
You saw, honestly, in 2017, if JT doesn't get hurt, Ohio State loses that game. I believe it. I believe what's, what's that. What's funny to me, and I think you're, you're probably right, what, what's so funny about Joe Burrow is I think a lot of people think that he was like, I don't know, like this not very good talent, and he was buried because he wasn't that talented. But he came in as a four-star. He, he was won. a three-star. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I Google it. You guys he might have talking. been a three. He might have been it. a three star when he signed, but I do know. I do know. Like they talk about the the three star part a lot. Maybe he was a three star when he signed, That's and he was a four. Point. And That's he was a four point. star they, when he walked on, or when he got they, to the program. <laughs> when he walked on. When he when he got there, he didn't walk on. <laughs> um, the three star walk yeah. on. We didn't even yeah. want him here. Yeah. Uh, Joe Burrow. That's wipe that's our my butts point, with three the, stars. The downplaying of Joe Burrow when. He won the award. I don't know if they call it Mr. Football. Or it was like the, the football award in Ohio. Yeah, Mr. Football, Ohio. What's it? Mr. Football, it Mr. Ohio. Yeah, okay. Mr. Football. They have it for every state. He was Mr. Football, Ohio. As a prospect, four-star, rated uh, 280 overall, which is well within that four-star range. Uh, looks like he was the eighth quarterback overall, so in the top you know, ten. You know who was one of the schools that offered Joe Burrow? Western Michigan. Oh, go Broncos. Wow. <laughs> Swing for Dude, the fences. That just shows you the the eye for talent that Coach Fleck has. Yeah. I love PJ Fleck. Um that was way off track and we are going super long, so we need to charge through this last portion where we are going to give the outlook of Michigan, Michigan State, and Ohio State's upcoming football seasons with a comparison to a movie trilogy. So uh, we'll try to keep it somewhat brief. Let's let our guest Cody Thomas lead us off, and you can pick any one of those three teams to start with. All right, I'm not going to do my Michigan State one. I want that to be my last one. Um, (laughs) I'll start with you guys. I'll start with Michigan. Uh, My trilogy comparison is Star Wars. Um, the 2000, the 2021 season was the original trilogy. The Wisconsin game was a new hope. Everyone had a new hope when they went up to Camp Randall and they won that game. The Ohio State game was the Empire Strikes Back. The Big Ten Championship was the Return of the Jedi. That's what it was. Now, I'm not saying this is how it's going to be. I'm talking simply about the expectations. The expectations of this next season is the prequels. It's extremely high. There's this <laughs> there's this Darth Maul character in the trailers, a.k.a. J.J. McCarthy, that everyone is so stoked about. Are we going to get what everyone hoped in Darth Maul, that he'd be everywhere? Or are you going to get J.J. being the one that barely has any lines, is barely on screen, and is barely a part of it? You know, which one of those <laughs> are you going to get in the, in the original trilogy? You know, are you going to get... Are you going to get Anakin Skywalker in episode three? That's great. Are you going to get episode two? I hate sand Anakin Skywalker. You know, which one of these (laughs) ones are you going to get? Um, So to me, the expectations of the 2022 season is the expectations of the prequels. You know, it's still, we still don't know till we actually see it, but they had all these things. And when they announced the prequels come back, man, were people going crazy when they said there was going to be more Star Wars. And I think that's where Michigan fans, I think you guys are crazy about this 22 season because you're coming off beating OSU, 
win the Big Ten, and you've got this young five-star quarterback with, like you said, I agree, the more offensive talent that has been there since Manningham, Mike Hart, and all those guys. This is the best offensive talent at the school since those guys. And so there's all these expectations. There's all this hype. And we'll we'll see. You know what? What do you get? You know, do you get do you get Darth Maul or I mean Darth Vader going down the hallway chopping through rebels left and right the way JJ McCarthy should be, or do you get to see Jar Jar Binks rolling out in the field? You know, which one is it going to be? <laughs> uh, so just a quick question for you, Cody. I loved that comparison and how each game actually was a movie. So if um if the Big Ten Championship was uh was the return of the Jedi. What was the Georgia Orange Bowl game? The Last Jedi. <laughs> you know, as, as painful as that game was, I That's wouldn't fair. say it was that bad. <laughs> That's a good point. It doesn't. It, I remember walking out of that theater like I was. I was trying to figure out why I was so angry. I couldn't even figure out the moment why I was so angry when I left that theater. I left the theater and I was straight up depressed. Yeah, it was it was bad. It was bad. <laughs> uh, I'll go ahead and go next. I'll stick with Michigan as well, but every one of Michigan, Michigan State, and Ohio State uh, is going to be a different Spider-Man trilogy. Mm, okay. So sticking with. Okay. S- <laughs> Did you say dang it, Bran? Yeah, I got Spider-Man on one of my. <laughs> hey, ch- you you can go next if I hit what you're going to say. If not. Just uh, you say I flirted you get there. with the idea. I'm very glad I did not jump on it. <laughs> um, but for Michigan, I'm going the Amazing Spider-Man. Uh, and this is for my projections for next year. And the reasons, the biggest reason is the end of the last Amazing Spider-Man movie when Gwen breaks her back, and it's just one of those <laughs> weirdest, saddest moments. Uh, we've got one of the favorite Spider-Mans on Michigan's team, J.J. McCarthy. Uh, but the uh, very last game of the year is against Ohio State at the Horseshoe. Wow. And honestly, I think we're going to end with sadness. I don't think we come – It's going into the Horseshoe is very different. Uh, that home field advantage in college football is huge. Ohio State's got a chip on their shoulder they haven't felt in a long time. Like Cody Thomas said earlier, I don't think this is going to lead into another 10 years of – Ohio State victories, but I do think that it's going to be a really tough one to win. Uh, so amazing Spider-Man, Michigan. So uh, what I'm hearing is that if if JJ was a Spider-Man, he would be Andrew Garfield because he's the best Spider-Man, but he is the most underrated slash hated Spider-Man. Oh, yep. hold on, hold on. Let's, let's not say best Spider-Man, but he was a show stealer in No Way Home. I'll give him that. Cody, who's your favorite Spider-Man? Toby, Toby, Toby. That Toby. is Spider-Man. Toby Maguire's Spider-Man. <laughs> don't at me. Oh, I sure. I was sure you were gonna say Tom Holland. Toby, I, would, I Toby, love Tom Holland. Toby. That's a that's, that's a, a hot strong take. Take. No, it's not. That's why I don't get. It's not a strong take. <laughs> I respect the crap out of it, but that is. What is the last? Time that is the rock the level strong Spider-Man of strong trilogy. takes. Uh, I mean, I mean, I I watched all I watched both Spider-Man trilogies back in COVID, um, and then when I knew No Way Home was coming out, and I was a little in like figuring out that they might do that, I ended up watching it again like earlier in 2021, probably around like April and May last year. 
I actually just rewatched them shortly after the the newest Spider-Man came out as well, just to remember. I, I need to rewatch the Amazing Spider-Mans though. That's been a minute. Andrew Garfield is a great Spider-Man. I'm not into his Peter Parker because he's too cool. I mean, like cool. that is part of it, but I mean, just like in general, like just. It, it wasn't even the fact that it was cool. It just it never Too felt handsome. like Peter never felt like Peter Parker to me. And I think that is part of it. Um, you know, it he's never also felt like, like thirty. Yeah, he is older. Um, but the dude's a tremendous actor, though. Tremendous Absolutely. actor. All right, I'm Maybe getting the side That's my problem. Maybe I don't like Peter Parker because <laughs> <laughs> I, when I watched the original, the original trilogy. It's it just it's painful. It's like I I squirm watching it because. The Tobey Maguire Spider-Man is constantly making horrible decisions. He's not nearly as cool as Tom Holland or Andrew Garfield. And he's also really bad at romancing Mary Jane. That's Peter Parker! Like, (laughs) I hate Peter Parker! Like, if you love someone, just love her. Don't kiss Gwen Stacy. Then then just watch The Avengers. Why don't you? Just just watch The (laughs) Avengers so you only get Spider-Man. Or I could watch the Amazing Spider-Man and the the new Spider-Man. Like I, I, I don't <laughs> dislike the other Spider-Man. Like I like all of them. Just that's the, that's one. Of the, that's the stupidest thing I've heard in 2022. So so uh, in in Spider-Man, we'll we'll say that the newest one does uh does Tom Holland go around kissing. Uh, MJ, and then he goes and finds Liz from the first one and be like, hey, I want to kiss you too. Is that cool? Give me the key to the city. You love me now because I'm Spider-Man. That'd be awesome. I'm all hot. <laughs> he says that'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> to- Toby is just too cringy for me. It's like that movie, um, what's that movie with Paul Rudd and um, it's like dinner, dinner for Schmucks. Oh. It's funny. Oh, with Steve Carell? That's one Steve of the most Carell. cringy it's, movies it's ever. It's funny, but it's so cringeworthy, and it's like I can it's only tough. watch it once or twice. It's like watching Scott's Tots. It's really hard to get through that. <laughs> I mean, there's iconic yeah. stuff in there. Don't get me wrong. Like, I, I got praise for it, and, like, when when he has, like, brain control over mind control, like, that's classic. Yeah. The point is, it hurts me physically. Mm. And sometimes, Toby... Got respect. You're the OG, but you hurt me physically. You're a little too awkward, bud. Uh, just like he said, my you know my back, you know all that swinging. So. Uh, my back, my back. Tool time. Have you ever seen the Bully McGuire YouTube videos? Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh Brandon doesn't gosh, like them. That is one of the best channels. Oh my gosh, I love that. They kill me every time. Oh. Brandon's not a fan. Uh, the one uh, they edited where he comes through the rings at Endgame, like that is just gold. <laughs> oh, I, I think when he's those. on Family Feud is my favorite one. <laughs> he beats up Steve Harvey. Uh, They're all just, so good. That's fantastic. I'm so glad that you've seen those. Mm-hmm. They're great. Brandon, would you would you say without a doubt, Brandon, that uh, Toby is Spider-Man number three, Peter three for you? I don't know. Um. I'd say, and I know this is controversial, I, I'm just an Andrew Garfield stan, so I just admit that, that he's my favorite. Everyone can hate me for it because it's not a popular take. I've always loved Andrew Garfield. And uh, Tom Holland might be 
the best blend because I think he does ca- capture both really well. But I understand that Andrew Garfield is maybe not the most believable Peter Parker, but he's a great Spider-Man, where I think Tobey Maguire is probably the best Peter Parker, but maybe not the best Spider-Man. Tom Holland blends both together. So I might just give them a tie, like 2A and 2B. I don't know. Um, I, I don't know. I, I loved the the No Way Home uh, Spy- this newest Spider-Man was so fantastic. It's the best MCU yeah. movie. Gotta give credit. Whoa, 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 whoa. Are you there's the, there's one there's one movie I would consider putting above it. It better be Go Infinity on. War. Yep, Infinity War. Yep. And it is above <laughs> it. So just shut your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of love. We've we've had some conversations about trying to rank that movie, and it's 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 a tough one. But that uh, was fantastic, yeah. and you you got to give uh, Tom Holland some love for that when it's it's his movie. So yeah, we're, we've gotten off track and we're definitely taking longer than I meant to. Uh, Cody, did you wanna Cody too? Did you wanna give your? I am not responding to that. <laughs> Spider Man joke, Kojo. Uh, yeah, we'll go with that. Yeah, sure. Um, so I'm a little disappointed because I also chose Star Wars, and I don't think that it can quite live up to the comparison that Tool Time gave us. Mm. But it'll be a little bit controversial, but that's what we like to do here. Mm. For the University of Michigan, I chose the Star Wars sequel trilogy, and here's why. So, Brandon is already fuming. Last season, for me, was Episode 3. Episode 3 is my all-time favorite Star Wars movie. Absolutely fantastic. Oh my goodness. And I didn't even get to like I didn't even get to experience it when it first came out. I was That's young so enough that my mom was like, "Yeah, you you can't see that. I saw it's the too midnight graphic." Day. Oh, see, yeah. I would kill for that experience. I didn't even get that. I got to watch it later when I was older and I was like, "How did I experience so much of my life not having this in it?" I went to school uh, the next I was... day with some people not knowing what Anakin did in the Jedi Temple. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even imagine. I can't imagine that. Just, Cody, before you go on, just to paint a picture of the world we used to live in, midnight, Star Wars, on a Thursday, so we have to go to school the next day, and the theater is packed, not an open seat, and before the previews even start, full costume, Darth Vader walks in, lightsaber in hand, (laughs) some children arise from the seats, lightsabers in their hands, this adult Darth Vader goes on to absolutely annihilate every single one of these like five and six year old children with their lightsaber, like beating them down and then taking their lightsabers and holding them above his head as a, a victory token. Wow, that was like care- a precursor of things to come in the movie yes. he was about to watch. And I'll be honest, I was cheering for Darth Vader. <laughs> but there were people booing this guy because he's beating down their, these parents' ch- children. And uh, there was a Wookiee there. And I, I'm i a nerd. I'll admit it. I was one of maybe five people in the entire theater that did not have a light-up lightsaber that they swung around in the air before the movie started. Mm. I was out-nerded by 98% of the attendees there. And wow. I've never experienced something since. I'm sorry for hijacking. Go ahead, Cody. I had to share that. No, I'm glad you did because that paints a perfect picture of how episode three was the mountaintop. That, for me as a Michigan fan, that is the mountaintop. 
coming into, I mean, you fast forward a few years, and now we got episode seven coming out. And the hype leading into this was absolutely unreal. I finally sat down in the theaters and I almost cried. My my eyes were kind of welling up with tears. I was so, so happy to just be watching another Star Wars movie again. And then I watched it. And it, I mean, I think at the outset, I was a little bit more critical than I am now. Now, I think I'm more positive of episode seven because the preceding movies were so terrible. I'm the opposite um, way. Are you really? Mm-hmm. And that, that honestly makes sense because it didn't lead up to anything. Episode 7 offered up so many questions that went unanswered. Mm-hmm. And for me, I enjoyed... <laughs> it's a box. It could be anything. <laughs> it could even be a boat. <laughs> <laughs> you know how badly we've always wanted one of those. Um, anyways, I enjoyed the movie. We're running low on time. So suffice to say, Episode 7, I think, um, was still a solid movie. Uh, we could get into a huge analysis of what went wrong there and how it lacked originality. Um, but the main uh, pitfall of Episode 7 was that nothing that it offered up was followed through in the following movies. I do think Michigan has a very solid season, uh, has a nice Episode 7-esque season. I don't see us going into the shoe and beating Ohio State. So much of my prediction for the season hinges on whether it's going to be JJ versus Cade, but because of the cupcake season that they have up to that point... I don't think it's going to matter so much, but it is very difficult. Even looking back at last year's season, which I called the mountaintop, we had so many games that we could have dropped easily. You talk about Penn State, you talk about Nebraska, uh, teams that we only won very barely uh, that should have never, ever been that close. You talk about not having Ojabo, not having Aiden Hutchinson. I could easily see us dropping one or two of those games. It's not going to be the same team this year, but it will be it'll be an enjoyable season and I'm looking forward to it but then you get episode 8 and the direction of the movie changes hands and I do honestly think that Harbaugh is looking for his way out it honestly could happen after this season after he loses uh, some of that star-studded talent Brandon mentioned he's going to have a like completely new offensive line that may be the moment where Harbaugh gets his wish he takes off to the NFL And we have a completely new direction of this program. And the year preceding this next year is one of the worst that we've seen. Well, can't be much worse than 2020, but it's going to be horrible. And what proceeds after that will just be, I don't have high hopes for it, to say the least. Um, So I hope I'm wrong, but I I don't see us really building on last year's season. to the extent that we will be seeing just Big Ten title consist Big Ten titles consistently, I do think that um, that may have been the mountaintop for us. Unless things really, really um, change for the better this year, we see JJ take the lead. We uh, devote ourselves to that dynamic type offense and don't just stick stringently to the run the dang ball mentality because that just doesn't work when you end up against a team like Georgia, who is bigger than you in every way. Uh, we do have to adapt a little bit. And if that doesn't happen, um, I don't see Harbaugh sticking around. And I think things could change for the worst very quickly. Mm. Uh, I'm, I'll just keep mine short and sweet. I'm probably stepping on Trav's toes with a Spider-Man trilogy. But Michigan, I do see as the original Spider-Man trilogies uh, this season. Reason being, I mentioned their schedule. It's Charm and Soft. So the very first Spider-Man, fantastic movie. I know I kind of was... Um, going off on Tobey Maguire, but 
it's what started the whole Marvel shebang. If we don't have the original Spider-Man trilogy, and the first movie is fantastic, you've got obviously Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. You've got the Green Goblin. Uh, Harry is a fantastic um, friend, frenemy, if you will. And the beginning of their season is going to go smoothly. They're not going to lose to a Colorado state. Um, they're not going to lose to Hawaii or Connecticut. They don't really get challenged until their fifth game of the year, and they go to Iowa. Um, that That's probably one of their hardest games of the season. So first portion of the season is going to go well. If you remember, the second Spider-Man was the movie. Whew, I still get my my arm hairs will will tingle and stand up when I think about that scene when he's fighting Doc Ock and he like twirls his body to go through this like I don't even know how to call it it's like a mesh uh, like wall I help me out there there's like interchangeable like timber and he fits through this tiny little hole and he like spins he lands back on the train oh it's so cool and then he stops the train I gotta stop talking about it it's amazing the point being is the middle of their season, they're going to face Penn State and Michigan State, both games at home, and I think that they win both those games. If you're going to win back-to-back games against Penn State, against Michigan State, the season is going to be at an all-time high excitement-wise. People are going to be so pumped up. However, the third movie is coming, and we're about to see Toby Maguire hip-thrusting through New York. We're about to see way too many villains thrown into the movie together and we're about to see Michigan unfortunately lose to Ohio State uh, and at that point I do think my prediction is that they might be 11 and0 if you had to if I had to like if you pin me down I might say they might end the season 10 and two but I could see them being 11 and0 going into that game but I don't think that they're able to get the win unless we maybe see the full battle station capability the death star that could be if JJ is starting that game. Uh, if and that's a, a key thing is I don't think you can expect him to be fully capable if he just starts that game rather than if he builds up throughout the year. So big caveat there. I think that they lose Ohio State, therefore forfeiting their chance for the Big Ten title and forfeiting their chance at making the playoff. And that's that's the the third movie kerput. Mm-hmm. You know, after the third movie, we're like, oh man, that's not how I thought that trilogy was going to end. I thought it'd have a little more shine to it. I thought it was going to lead to something. And it, it was really disappointing. So, all that, and then a splat at the end of the season. Mm. Interesting. Well, if we're leaving MSU for last, uh, Cody, you want to start us off with your Ohio State comparison? Yeah, and I'll keep this one short and sweet. Um, for Ohio State, I'm going to take us to Middle Earth for this one. Um, and I'm going to kind of go the same way. I kind of have one movie to describe the previous season. Um Battle and, of the then, five and then it could go that. So to me, this last season was the two towers um, because Helms Deep was breached. Michigan beat us. Helms Deep was breached. And it seemed like we were hopeless, especially when we were down 21 to 7 in that Rose Bowl. And, you know, Utah kept pounding us in the second quarter, kept responding. But then all of a sudden, Gandalf's on the hill. Here comes Jackson Smith and Jigba. Um, just proving what the guy is. And then all of a sudden, by the end of it, there's hope. You know, we, we come back, we win the Rose Bowl, 
Alave and Garrett Wilson are already gone. We see what the potential we get from Marvin Harrison Jr. You know, Julian Fleming and Mecca Ibuka have moments where they flash, but we just see C.J. Stroud just go crazy and set Rose Bowl records, and it's given us hope. You know, it's given us hope. It didn't turn out the way. You know, they didn't. They, Helms Deep didn't go the way they wanted it to, but they survived, and there was hope. I think that's what Ohio State was in the Rose Bowl. We survived, and there was hope. Question is, are we going to get Return of the King? Are we going to go back to the throne? Are we going to win at home against Michigan, win the Big Ten Championship, go back to the playoff and get Bama in a title game like we think we should? Or are we going to get the Hobbit? And is everything just going to go slowly (laughs) downhill from here? Where the first one, you're like, well, it kind of felt like Lord of the Rings. And the second one's like, well, at least Smog was good. And then there's the Battle of the Five Armies. You know, which one of those are we going to get? You know, I'm really, really hoping it's Return of the King. You know, I'm really, really hoping. But if we lose to Notre Dame, it's Battle of the Five Armies already. <laughs> it could go from Return of the King to Battle of the Five Armies really quick next year, depending on how that. Um, I do, Honestly, I don't think we're going to lose to Notre Dame, like I said earlier. But, you know, we, we've lost we've lost dumber games than that at home. So, I think it's nice we got Cody on this week because uh, if we were to give a comparison for the same one as he just did for Ohio State, we'd be looking at it from the other side perspective of, uh, is Ohio State going to give up the gate to Mordor? Because <laughs> we're looking at you yeah. guys as the orcs. And <laughs> yeah, and I'm looking at us as Gondor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just had to laugh when you're comparing Jackson Smith and Jigba to Gandalf. That's just so contrary to anything that would ever run through my mind. <laughs> but I, mean, I do on, appreciate that perspective. That's an orc name. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it is an orc name. <laughs> I'll give mine because it's really quick. Uh, Ohio State, I think their next year in the Spider-Man world is the newest Spider-Man, the Marvel Spider-Man movies. And honestly, it's just because they're loaded with talent. They've got so much talent. All three Spider-Mans come together. Uh, and even before that, Spider-Man's part of the Avengers. Ohio State is just loaded with talent. They're, I don't want to call them the Avengers because uh, that makes me feel sick. But they're, they're loaded. So I think they're the team to beat in the Big Ten this year. And that's, that's my take. I'll keep it short. Mine's pretty short, too, so I'll, I'll jump in right after you. Um, my pick for Ohio State is the Oceans movies. You know, Oceans 11, 12, 13. Okay. Um, so I I get the feeling you guys were probably pretty big on the Oceans movies. Um, star-studded cast, right? George Clooney, Brad Pitt, Matt Damon, Don Cheadle. You know, we got all the talent here. But I got to tell you something. I did not care for the Oceans movies. Not didn't the didn't care one. for them. <laughs> Not even the first one. Did not care for it. <laughs> I couldn't even make it through. Um, I feel exactly like Peter Griffin talking about how he does not care for The Godfather. Couldn't make it oh, through. When they're drowning honestly. <laughs> Couldn't make it through. And so for me, and I can't even fault the movie. It's very actually uncanny to that comparison. I couldn't even make it through the movies because for whatever reason, the Ocean's movies are always what we would put on when we would get a hotel as a family. And that's what I would fall asleep to. And there is so much dialogue and buildup before any heist stuff actually happens. I'm just waiting for something to happen. And I fell asleep every single time. To this day, I have not watched one of the Oceans movies all the way through. So 
it suffice to say, everybody loves the Oceans movies. They have so much hype surrounding them, and deservedly so, with how much talent uh, has been invested into those movies. But I still hate them. And I don't see that changing. <laughs> that's, that's some good analysis there, Code. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so my, my trilogy for OSU is Planet of the Apes. And uh, as you guys know, I'm a pretty big Planet of the Apes guy. Mm. Um, how I see Ohio State's season, I do think that they start strong. They're not going to lose to Notre Dame. Um, I, I was underwhelmed with Marcus Freeman's coaching in – I believe it was the Fiesta Bowl where they lost that game. Uh, I think he's going to be a really good recruiter, but in-game coaching is yet to be seen. I think Ryan Day is going to going to have a game plan cooked up where they're going to score a lot of points on Notre Dame. Um, the middle game there, um, I, I, I think that the – what's the second plan of the apes called, Code? Help me out. Oh, that one's war, isn't it? Second no, one's the war? Third one is war. No, third one's war, but second one should have been war because there's more rise. action. Second rise one was rise. The, rise is the first one, I think. Is it? That's dawn. 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 Okay. So the second one um, I think is the best one, and I do think that Ohio State is going to run through their Big Ten schedule. A lot of years it seems like they always lose like one weird game like to a Purdue or, or something like that. I just don't think that that's going to happen. And when I think of the last movie in the trilogy, War of the Planet of the Apes, it was a really good movie, but it also wasn't exactly what I was expecting. And I can't, I can't fault it. Like when I left, I was like, that was good, but it, it's not exactly what I wanted. And I think Ohio State is most likely going to return to that Big Ten champion, but I don't think that they're going to make noise and and play for a national title. Um, I think that unfortunately they're going to be a year or two away because they still need to build up the physical the physical nature in the trenches. Mm-hmm. I don't think that Jim Knowles can fix that in one year. That defensive line, they, they need that defensive line that they used to have like with a Bosa brother that can't be blocked. I don't think they have that. Um, so if they get to the playoffs, I think that Alabama, Georgia, you know, what have you, is probably going to kick them out. Ohio State fans are going to be happy because they won the Big Ten, they beat Michigan. But deep down, they feel like there could have been something more uh, and I have a hard time criticizing War of the Planet of the Apes. There wasn't a lot of war in that movie, mm. <laughs> but it's a good movie. Uh, I can't complain that much, but it's not quite the perfect cap to the trilogy. So that's what I got for Ohio State. Mm. I have to clarify real quick uh, before Glenn calls me out in the Discord for uh, misreporting information uh, like you did with that Jack Dorsey NFT because I was off by one million. Um, there are technically four Oceans movies, but I do not acknowledge Oceans 8. Um, I And it's nothing well, against women. I, I have not seen any of the movies to their full extent, <laughs> but the box office didn't even love that one like they loved all the other Oceans movies, so I have no reason to give it validity. Uh, that was a failed experiment. And it's about and, trilogies, uh, too. You know, It's not part of the trilogy. Right. So in my mind, Oceans is still a trilogy. Um Ocean's Eight never happened. <laughs> um, before we get to Cody Thomas's uh, Michigan State, I think Cody Thomas is really excited about his Michigan State comparison. So let's end with his. Okay. Um, well, so he can be our capstone to this this good <laughs> uh, podcast episode. I'm good with that. Um, okay. Mine's really quick again, but.
but the last Spider-Man trilogy for Michigan State I had as the original Spider-Man movies um, with Tobey Maguire. And specifically, I'm thinking of uh, movie number three when there was just a crap ton of villains in that movie. Uh, Man, who all did he face in that? There was the Sandman, Venom, um, when his best buddy was the new Goblin, Hobgoblin. It was just a ton of ton of villains, and that made me think of Michigan State a little bit, where they seem to kind of hate everyone. Uh, obviously, they hate Michigan, but the middle of their schedule in the football season is going to be really tough. Uh, they've got Michigan, Ohio State, Wisconsin. I had it pulled up. I don't remember anymore who exactly it is, but they they got a tough stretch they, they there. They play Ohio State, then they play Wisconsin, then they play Michigan all in a row. And then they end the season with Penn State. Mm, yep. That That's always tough. Um, so that's my only reasoning for having them as the originals is they've got a lot of villains they've got to vanquish this season if they want this to be a good one. I don't see them vanquishing all of them, but uh, they could. Michigan State's punched above their weight the first two years of their new coach. So I would say last year they were surprisingly good, obviously surprisingly good because Cody – uh, Kojo was the only one that called them to have a good season. But, again, it almost feels like they haven't had a good season because of the way it ended and that bowl game that was just like, meh. Kenny Pickett didn't play. <laughs> I don't think you could – I think Michigan State fans are claiming that win. Which is ridiculous. That was a meh bowl game through and through. Like, I, it really gave me – like, I almost forgot that Michigan State had a pretty good season because of how everything kind of ended and faded. Like, even uh, their running back didn't finish as strong. And now everyone with their 2020 vision is remembering him as, like, oh, he should have won the Heisman. It's ridiculous. Like, okay, remember how the season ended. Uh, Remember our last podcast, how how much Michigan State hates us. (laughs) Well, they got a punch above their weight class again this year, so – Come beat everyone in the middle of your schedule and continue to hate us, uh, if not. And if you do, Cody Thomas loves the original Spider-Man, Tobey Maguire. Like, you have a chance to be Tobey Maguire this year and beat all of your villains in one season. Go ahead, go out there and do it. Uh, I don't think it'll happen, though, but they could. Well, my comparison for Michigan State is Disney's Cars. Um, so <laughs> you coming with fire so code, <laughs> hear me out. Okay. So when we start seeing, uh, previews and advertisements for the movie cars, nobody except for maybe toddlers is getting excited for this movie. You know, it's like these cars anthropomorphize. Like that's, that's kind of weird. Like, you know, do people that fix the cars, are they doctors or are they mechanics? Like how are new, like, how are new cars made? Like, it's a weird concept. Nobody was really excited for cars. Um, and then cars comes out and it's an absolute banger. You listen to life is a highway as they're trekking down route 66 cars for me. Is, that's a classic. And I, I loved it. Nobody gave Michigan state a chance last year. What was the over under at five wins? Yeah. Nobody was, nobody was giving them a chance. And then they go out and have an absolute banger of a season. And it was fantastic. And the hype is through the roof for MSU. We fast forward to Cars 2. I don't even hardly remember Cars 2. But 
I do remember that like Lightning McQueen was like a spy or something, and like they kind of got away from even like the whole racing concept in general. He was doing like uh, on the European circuit. It was weird and it was different. And honestly, MSU this year, no Kenneth Walker. I think they're going to be getting away from the whole identity that built them last year. They relied on him so heavily, and they're not going to have that. And now we're going to really see what Mel Tucker is made of. And, you know, for MSU fans, uh, you know, I hope for their sake that he proves that he really has the right stuff and can keep that momentum going and have a fantastic season. I don't know if it's going to happen. I was a big fan of Peyton Thorne. I do think that he has some room to grow and he will have some growing pains throughout this year as well. Um, But without Kenneth Walker on that team, I see them struggling quite a bit more, not being able to live up to the expectation of the first movie. But then we jump into Cars 3, not as good as Cars 1, but honestly quite enjoyable. I I really enjoyed it quite a bit, and I thought it was a fun time. We're going to have Peyton Thorne as a senior at that point, and it'll be one more year under Mel Tucker's belt, and I do think that, uh, you know, they will be able to continue to build some momentum at that point. But this season coming off of last, I do predict to be uh, a fair disappointment, I would say. Wow. So the... Spartan Homer code is predicting disappointment. I haven't seen the, I don't know what the over under is. And I do need to do a lot more research on what their actual final, what their roster is going to look like before I can actually make a prediction on what their, you know, exact win loss is going to look like. Uh, but in comparison to last season, I don't think it could possibly live up to those expectations. Well, I, that's an dr- like- absolute dream of a season for the Spartans. I think. I do like the roster, but you're you're right. I, you can't replace Kenneth Walker, and uh, they did punch above their weight last year. I don't think that they're going to get 11 wins, but I think that they're going to have a solid season. Uh, my comparison is gonna is been made already. I'm going to take the Star Wars prequel trilogy. Uh, reason being, and this might be a hot take, but I I like Episode One, and I think the beginning part of their season is going to uh, go pretty well. I think they're going to enter the Ohio State game at either 5-0 and or at worst 4-1. and And then the middle portion, Episode 2, Travis alluded to this with his Spider-Man pick there. They're going to have a rough go of it when they have to face Ohio State, Wisconsin, and Michigan all in a row. There's a good chance that they could possibly lose all three games, uh, maybe 1-2. and two. If they get 2-3 and three out of that, then I'm completely wrong, and that's a bad example. Uh, but I could see their, their season really – hitting a speed bump there however it's going to rebound really nicely they play illinois after that rutgers indiana then they finish with penn state so if they get that win over penn state that'd be four straight wins to end the season and then going to a a premium maybe new year's six bowl game uh this is my episode three you're going out on a really good note and not quite the season you hoped for but in the end you you were solid so uh they they could be looking at eight, nine, possibly 10 wins. That's a, that's a good season for Michigan State. All right. Take us home, Cody. I, I don't remember how or why this came to me so quickly. But uh, to me, right now, Michigan State is the Rush Hour trilogy with Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker. <laughs> um, back when that first movie was coming out, no one talked about it. I, I mean, like I said, I'm outside of the state of Michigan. No one was talking about Michigan State last year. 
No. I had didn't even know who Kenneth Walker was. Had no clue he existed. Then all of a sudden the movie came out and people watched it. And Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker were just so much better than they deserved to be or they should have been or they expected to be. Like, they were this duo. I remember watching that first game of the season. I was like, that Kenneth Walker dude can run. Had no clue who he was until I watched that game. I was like, he's from Wake Forest? Like, he has no business doing that what he did in the first game. But And then you can look at kind of what Michigan State did that whole season. Like, they had no business – doing like being that like Mel Tucker and Michigan State had no business doing it but they just they just were they found a way to, I mean to me it, it was a very very good season for Michigan State I mean yeah I mean I was there in person for the game in the shoe I was there to witness that game that happened um but really like it was just the surprise that came out of nowhere like it was Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker were this just shock duo that came together that no one thought was going to do. I think that was just Mel Tucker, Michigan State. They were this shock duo that just no one thought was going to do anything this past year. Then, you know, all of a sudden, Kenneth Walker, who I do think was snubbed out of the Heisman Trophy ceremony, not going to sit there and say he should have won, but I was shocked when he wasn't invited. I, I really couldn't believe it. Uh, who do you take out? I think you do five. They've done it before. Okay. They've done it before. <laughs> They've had five before for the ceremony. Do it again. You know, they've had time. They've chosen times where they've only had three. There is no rules to who goes <laughs> to the Heisman ceremony. Kenneth Walker should have been there. Um, but yeah, to me, and you know, to, like this is going to sound crazy, but 2022 could almost be rush hour too. It was better. No one thought they were That's like Jackie. Crazy. They were like Jackie Chan and, and Chris Tucker can't do it again. That's what they said. Because oftentimes, because <laughs> oftentimes sequels for comedy movies always bomb. They often always bomb. But somehow, Rush Hour 2, I kid you not, from like age 13 to 16, Gershom and Andrew and a couple others would always come stay the night at my house. And we always watched Rush Hour 2 when we went to bed that night. And it was just crazy and it was wacky. And just, we were like, how does that even happen? But it's just so funny and so chaotic and so great. And you know what? Like I said, I'm not going to sit here and tell you, but. I've learned not to doubt Mel Tucker, you know? Yeah, the Ohio State game was rough. You know, the Purdue game didn't go according to plan. But, like, Mel Tucker proved don't doubt Mel Tucker. Who knows Do who knows what kind of magic he's going to pull out the same way that Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker pulled out magic? Who knows? He's got Ohio State at home. He's won in the, in the, in the big house. Granted, there was no one there. It was empty. And Joe <laughs> Milton was the quarterback. But still, you know, he's he's won there before. He beat Penn State this past year, you know, playing Penn State. You know, he's he's there's there's a lot of things, you know. Like I said, I, I honestly am a really big fan of Peyton Thorne. I'm a really big fan. If they if they can find a way, because they know Kenneth Walker's gone. So if they just if they find a way to dial in and really develop Peyton Thorne and turn him into a big superstar QB, you know, I'm I'm not I'm not gonna hate, you know. It's it's one of those things like rush hour two. Hey. If Jackie Chan and Mel Tucker are going to be better than they were in Rush Hour 1, I got to see it to believe it. But I'm not going to sit here and tell you that it's impossible. But I do think after that, honestly, come 2023, I do think Mel Tucker is going to kind of start to flame out. I do kind of think he's got this magic for right now, but I do think it's going to flame out. In Rush Hour 3, while it wasn't bad, it was not Rush Hour 1. It was not Rush Hour 2. Uh, I think I think just eventually he's just going to be, you know, it was what it was. I think they're going to enjoy a couple years of just – surprising success um 
but you know i do think eventually it just it it won't last but you know if it does good for them um but yeah to me it's the rush hour it's the rush hour series that's michigan state loved it i, I like Love that, that. I yep. got I got two questions for you based on what you just said, and then we'll let uh, Cody Jones take us out from our two hour podcast. Um, <laughs> so I, I like that you say five guys. That's a that's a nice number to invite. I'm gonna cap it at five. No, don't invite six. However, are you gonna invite Kenneth Walker or Will Anderson? So I actually had this question written down. If we got two in one day, how do you guys feel? When a lot of people talk about, they think that Will Anderson should have been the defensive player invited over Aiden Hutchinson. I think that Will Anderson was a better defensive player than Aiden Hutchinson, but Aiden Hutchinson also got second place in the Heisman votes. So there's a lot of Michigan State fans that would say Aiden Hutchinson should not have been invited. If the guy gets second place overall, you can't say he shouldn't be invited. Mm -hmm. At the same time, I do think Will Anderson was a better college defensive player. Um, I mean, look at his stats. He was just a monster. And the fact that an Alabama linebacker doesn't get I, – I can't wrap my mind around that, to be honest. Part of it comes from being behind Bryce Young. You know, who are you behind? You know, Aiden Hutchinson is the, was the guy. There was no one else ahead of him in Michigan. He was. When at Bama, there was Bryce Young and Jamison Williams. You know, I mean, Jamison Williams was the Heisman finalist, but, I mean, you had those two guys that got more attention than Will Anderson. And, you know, well, Aiden was the guy. Well, Will Anderson had my attention, and I, I hate Alabama. So, um, second second question: You're talking about comedy movies. Uh, Cody Jones and I were talking about this just the other day. The other guys. Greatest comedy movie of all time. Okay. Good. <laughs> Greatest comedy movie of all time. It's no debate. It, we were yeah, talking about one of my bushes. favorite movies, and, and Cody brought that up, and I was like, "Yeah, that." that it's up there. I think it's in my top five all time, but comedies, it's number one. Yeah, I think probably one of my most prominent and definitely favorite memories of you, Cody, was when we were at Brandon's wedding and the photographer needed Brandon to have a natural laugh. And so she said, can any of you guys try and make him laugh? And without skipping a beat, you instantly start rattling off this other guy's quote um, I'm pretty sure it was the one well, where Will Ferrell is talking about how his school of tuna is going to beat. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's his name? I'm skip spacing on the name. Oh, Mark Wahlberg. Uh, Mark yeah, Wahlberg's lion. And it's just, you know, perfect, perfectly quoted. Had us all dying laughing. I don't know how many um, times we watched that our sophomore year. That and Hot Rod. Great movie as well. That's another top movie. Absolutely. But yeah. Uh, other guys, probably my favorite movie. Mm -hmm. So good. So, so fantastic. I, do, I remember being in the theater, just the shock of when Samuel Jackson and The Rock jumped off the building. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the bushes? It was dead silence for 10 seconds. And then once everyone processed it, we just started losing our minds. Not even an awning in Not sight. Not even an awning. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. <laughs> that was good. Ah. Uh, well, Cody, it's, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the pod. Uh, when Brandon first pitched us the idea, I sent him back the uh, the gif of Padme crossing her arms and saying, well, I don't approve, <laughs> because I wasn't sure how having a diehard Ohio State fan on our Michigan pod was going to go. But I've had an absolute blast. These guys have as well, I'm sure. And uh, we really appreciate just the uh, 
just the knowledge and the and the nerd knowledge that you bring to this. Uh, so we'll definitely have to have you on again at some point. Thanks for joining us so much, dude. This is so uh, much fun. We really appreciate it. Like the pod, the podcast is fun, but I mean, anytime I'm with the three Jones boys, it's always a hoot. I'm always <laughs> there for it every time. Uh, well, we appreciate you, dude. Thank you so much. And uh, we appreciate all you guys listening in. We love to hear your thoughts as well. Um, so please don't hesitate to drop us a review. Call us, 2345 Cody Thomas. Um, and, uh, so you know, we'd love. <laughs> wait, wait. <laughs> I didn't get it. <laughs> One of these <laughs> days. <laughs> Trav, what's our number? Uh, you know it. You know it. You got the numbers right this time, which means you actually know it. You've been pulling our leg forever, and you actually know it. So I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. Leave us a call. We'd love to hear from you. Um, and what's that number code? for joining us. Space and- oh, my gosh. Couldn't even remember Mark Wahlberg's name. I can't be relied upon. And that's my favorite movie. One of these days, maybe. (laughs) But, nevertheless, it's been a pleasure. It has been an extremely long pod, even though uh, I've enjoyed every second of it. But we got to bring it to a close. So thank you once again, everybody listening. And thank you, Tool Time Thomas, for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure. And just remember, everybody, Ohio sucks. Have a great evening.